Yesterday when I got to work and got to my desk, there was a fire alarm test for some reason. They were just like testing the fire alarms and it was just like super duper loud, like just blasting. But anyway, one of the doctors came in and he's a, an older black man. I don't know why I feel like that's relevant, but there you go. He walks in, he's just like not in the greatest mood. He starts off by sort of complaining about the noise, right? But he says it in just this funny way where he calls the fire alarms toxic masculinity. Or no, it was aggressive masculinity or something. I think I think the man is gay. I, I'm not sure. But he does sort of give the vibe, right? He uh, uh, trips the gaydar. Anyway, he, uh, <laughs> yeah, he said that and I thought it was funny. And then he kind of goes on and says, okay, the, the world is, you know, falling apart. You know, look at the state of things, right? There's, look at Ukraine. Um, the world still doesn't give a fuck about Yemen, right? <laughs> uh, which is arguably way worse. Uh, although it's not apples to apples, but, and it's, and it's terrible to compare these things. But I mean, come on, there's children starving to death, right? And yet we're rallying around Ukraine, right? So I wonder why, right? And, all right. Okay. So, but he just kind of goes from that and then he says, you know, and then kind of like, talk, you know, talks a little bit about in the country and then, you know, sort of locally here in Bellingham, housing crisis, people on the streets. Then he says, but today we're going to work on, he, he was like, but today we're making our first step towards paradise or something like this. <laughs> it was funny. But because he, he was sort of being overly dramatic, but also he says today we're working towards paradise starting with, right? And then he goes into report, right? I don't know. It was just very, it was, it's hard to not feel overwhelmed, right? And it's hard to not feel hopeless, you know? Um, like there's, there's nothing that we can do to change anything, right? But that's not true, you know? There's nothing we can do to change Ukraine, right? <laughs> you know, what happens there, and possibly not Yemen, right? Like, we as individuals, which sucks. And we collectively, possibly, but, I mean, good God, what it would take, right? We're not willing to do it, right? Not yet. Because <laughs> our institutions, as they are now, are not going to respond. They're built to keep people out, right? They're built, it's built to keep certain people out, right? Uh, certain people, you know, and, and that has throughout the entirety of American history been um, based on race, right? But, I mean, it's not as bad, I suppose, as it, <clears throat> as it used to be, right? I mentioned this the other day on my Instagram story, but <clears throat> lately me and the provider, the, the doctor that I'm working with, have been uh, helping check in a bunch of Afghani refugees who are recently resettled here in town. And and these are refugees, like some of the last <laughs> to get out of there on U.S. planes, right? When our our military withdrew, you know, that, I I I remember reading through their chart, uh, through at least you know on one of their charts, and and this is like an adorable little two year old baby, and it said you know that like basically that that the baby is dealing with some possibly hearing issues due to being in proximity to explosions. And then also she, it's possible that there might be some early psychological trauma from what had occurred when the U.S. withdrew.
remember the, the videos on the news of the planes, you know, trying to take off. And then there's all these, all these people that are desperately like clinging to the plane, trying to, trying to climb on top of it, desperately trying to get the hell out of there because they know that the Taliban was going to take over immediately after the U S withdrew. Right. So it's not good. Uh, I don't know. I, but it's, there's, there's so much going on here. I mean, we, what, so we just keep being at war in, uh, in Afghanistan. Like it's not, what do we do? I mean, the, the Taliban, right. We bombed the fuck out of them for 20 years. Right. And, and then it took like five days or some shit for them to completely take over the country. <laughs> it's as if nothing happened, but for a lot of, uh, blood and, and trauma, you know, uh, so, but then, but I mean, uh, without the U S there, there's also blood and trauma. <laughs> I don't know. Um, these things are, are, are not, <laughs> I don't know if they're fixable, you know, um, I don't know. I don't know if they're fixable and that, yeah, again, uh, going back to what that, that doctor had said, you know, yesterday, you know, what do we do? Right. We can't, well, how, how do we respond to this? Uh, um, to the state of things, right? Well, you deal with the patient in front of you, right? <laughs> you you help where uh, what, you do what you can, where you can, how you can, or whatever that line is. Yeah, it's cheesy and it's not enough, <laughs> but what more can you do, right? Uh, because sadly, I've sort of given up on revolution, right? But the, the just like the idea of revolution, I'm like. <laughs> over it because it's every time a revolution has occurred it has only led to more um more violence right so um that's not to say that these that these violent regimes should should remain in power but i mean violent revolution is not gonna work <laughs> especially now when i don't know when they, it's not i i, I i'm always talking about the disparity in arms. <laughs> a revolution, especially in America, the the power with monopoly on violence, right, globally, although it's not monopoly, right, Russia is doing what they're doing under this pretext of making the world more multipolar, right, which, I don't know, I, I in some ways I agree, but in other ways, I don't know. It's, it's not good. <laughs> There's no good answer. That's why I try not to be hopeless, <laughs> but you know, what the doctor had told me, yeah, I mean, at least today, right. While we are here, right. This is how we are helping <laughs> is by serving our patients who are many of them. I mean, yeah, most of our patients are, it's, we're a federally qualified health center. You know, we serve underserved populations, right. That's underserved, not undeserved, right? It's, it's easy to get those mixed up, but yeah, underserved population, right? Uh, peoples, we serve poor folks, we serve homeless folks, we serve, uh, we serve refugees, right? We serve, we serve people who speak Ukrainian and Russian <laughs> and Farsi and Pashto, right? And Spanish, right? Uh, we, a lot of folks, <laughs> which is, pretty rad. I mean, it's, it's not rad that this is the state of things, but it's rad that we are working towards that paradise, right?
Man, I was I was just listening to the most recent episode of Knowledge Fight, um, which I should probably stop listening to because it's bad, probably not good for my mental health or my blood pressure. <laughs> but yeah, there he was interviewing what's her name Amanda something. It's like episode number six six eight or something, where she had like gone undercover somehow in these fascist groups as a reporter in, in America. And, and yeah, so on Knowledge Fight, the host brought her on to talk about that, to talk about her experience. And he had a lot of interesting questions. You know, uh, some of them were interesting just because they were like kind of practical, like basically where did you ever feel unsafe, you know, which is a reasonable question and stuff like that. They were talking about... I don't know who it was. It's it was some official. It was like Mike Flynn or one of these people. Uh, you know, like these sort of prominent people who are kind of you know uh, walking a, a very fashy line. You know, out in public. <laughs> yeah, but he he <laughs> said that Fauci is the Hitler, right? And um, American emergency rooms are the are the gas chambers, right? The pandemic is is a holocaust, right? Sort of he calls it. That it, it deeply disturbs me <laughs> as a healthcare worker, obviously, right? But also just as a person who, you know, wants to be able to turn up at an emergency room, right? Well, and as a former emergency room employee, um, I don't know. It's, I need to gather my thoughts here a little bit more, but my God, you know, there's this assault on healthcare workers, you know? Like literal assaults have happened on healthcare workers because of this whole pandemic fearmongering business, and also there's a political assault, you know, on these on on healthcare workers, you know, because of all of this. Oh, Fauci is the is you know like all of this misinformation around the pandemic. They're just like seizing on it and manipulating people into believing that it's either not real or that the vaccines are sterilizing people. It, they, they just do so much projecting of their own agenda onto, <laughs> not even onto the left, onto people who are doing their jobs, people who are doing good work, people who are trying to make things better <laughs> in real ways, right? I mean, look at what they're doing to teachers, people who are trying to just, you know, take care of children and teach them um, the truth about things, right? The truth about our history, right? So there's this assault on just like the truth that's happening on the right. And I was also listening to Jane Poston and what's her new show? It's not new anymore, but The Argument with Jane Poston. There was this guy who, who was on there and he was sort of talking to them about the ways that um, he was sort of full sizing the, the, the issue here, right? Saying that like, oh, there's the cancel culture on the left, right? And then also there's <laughs> fascism on the right. And that, that like these are, these are somehow comparable. And Zach, Zach Meacham, you know, sort of calls this out and is just like, you know, what, like, how, why, you know, how are these, you know, sure. Uh, you know, let's grant that, that there's an issue on the left of being intolerant towards ideas that are not, you know, and, and uh, perhaps overly so, right? Or perhaps it's illiberal of them, right? Sure, right? To be sort of intolerant of the fascists, right? But like, what you know, you got to draw the line for liberalism somewhere, cultural liberalism or whatever, um, quote-unquote liberalism. You can't tolerate people who want to do people harm, you know, 
that's not tolerable and it shouldn't be. And of course, when I say that you have to draw the line somewhere, right? You can't tolerate people who intend to do harm. When, when I say you can't tolerate, of course, I don't mean that we should therefore exterminate them, right? It's like, that's, that's a logic that is not happening here in cancel culture anyway, right? As the right you know, describes it, right? That's the lie, or at least that's one of the many lies that, that's happening right now is this idea that there's a liberal agenda, right? And the liberal agenda is to, number one, dictate the truth, right? <laughs> Which is fair enough, right? Like to sort of dictate what is true and what is not, you know, such that they call Trump's lying about the election, about, you know, him actually winning and all that stuff that they call it the big lie, right? The quote unquote liberal media, which the media, it is liberal, right? All of it. That's the, you know, but like, it's, again, I'm getting sucked back into the multiple meanings of the word liberal, but that's a different conversation. But yeah, that the liberal media, that it's, you know, censorship run amok, you know, that they have this uh, agenda that if you look at what people like Tucker Carlson are saying, who is like, I think he's the highest rated in terms of views pundit right now. Like, I, I don't know if that's, if he's at the top, but I mean, a fuck a lot of people watch his show. <laughs> it's very disturbing. And he openly is calling for, you know, America to be more like Hungary, right? Under their authoritarian regime, under Victor Orban. And also, he's openly spreading this idea of, I've mentioned it on, on my show before, he's, he's openly propagating this idea of the great replacement theory, right? Which is this, it's this idea that the goal of the left and the globalists, right, or whatever, is to unseat white power. And, you know, not in this democratic way, right? It's in the, you know, they're going to sterilize us, right? They're going to, the hospitals are extermination chambers, right? You know, that Fauci is Hitler, you know, that, that this is all part of the plan of the people who mean to eradicate the white race, right? I mean, that's what he's saying openly. He's hardly steering clear of the Nazi implications here, you know? This is the same shit that they said about the Jews. So... Yeah, I mean, that they're, that they're coming in, you know, that they are using these institutions in order to, in order to, we need to pay attention to this stuff. But uh, going back to what I had said before, what can we do about it? I don't know. I don't know. And it, and it, and it freaks me out. And I'm, I'm, I have a hard time sort of <laughs> not getting lost in the oblivion here because the liberals don't see it coming. Or if they do, they, they see it coming as if it's happening on TV, right? Like, like it's the Ukraine crisis, right? Or it's Yemen, right? As I was saying before, you know, that it's, it's something that's happening over there. And it's not. <laughs> they believe as if something like that couldn't happen here. And of course it can't. Look at how many guns are around. So... And, and they're not in our hands. <laughs> we don't, you know, the, the, the left, you know, well, properly the left is unarmed. People of color in this country are systematically unarmed on purpose for this reason, I believe. <laughs> I don't know. And, and I don't, 
I don't want the answer to be to arm up. I said this recently, but when the fascists are coming, <laughs> do we just not defend ourselves? I, I don't know. This is why I work in healthcare. This is why I've resolved to stop bitching about working in healthcare. Like my entire career, I have loathed the fact that I work in healthcare just because I don't know. I can't be satisfied, <laughs> especially in my in my working life. That's not new for me, but it is the career that I'm in, you know, and it's the path I'm walking and I have a lot of experience in it. I have opportunities here and I have opportunities here to do good. You know, I can do real good here as a healthcare worker in ways that I, I might not be able to, you know. So then basically it, if the shit hits the fan, quote unquote, right? I have a skill set that will be valuable in that context. I can be a, a medic. You know, I have a role already that doesn't involve picking up a gun. And I imagine that when somebody is injured, I will treat them whether or not they have a thin blue line patch on their arm, you know. And if they end up stabbing me or shooting me <laughs> by pulling a fast one, well, I mean, that's shame on them, you know. Um, that is not, you know, that is shame on them. History will remember these things and not look kindly. And speaking more about assaults on healthcare workers, <clears throat> there was this incident that happened, sort of high profile, especially if you work in healthcare. There was a nurse who worked for Vanderbilt University Hospital. Her name is Redonda Vout. And basically she, she accidentally gave a patient the wrong medication and that patient ended up dying, right? And so what, what happened is that she ended up getting charged for criminal negligence, you know? And I forget what the other one was, but she was charged and, and then eventually she was convicted of this, right? Of two felonies for accidentally administering a medication that killed her, right? It's abundantly clear that this was a, an honest mistake. That's not even in question. It's not like the argument was she did this on purpose, right? Like she was some sort of, you know, serial killer out here. But no, it was abundantly clear to everyone that it was an honest mistake, right? And perhaps she does have some culpability, right? Of course. I mean, it's a tragic story. Somebody died, right? Because of a, of a mistake that she had made. But I mean, two felonies, right? For somebody doing her job and making a mistake. Yeah, that is a, I mean, that's, that's problematic for so many reasons, especially, okay, the system in healthcare, you know, around this kind of stuff only works because it operates on a, on a certain amount of trust. So there's sort of two different ways of thinking about incidents like this. There is, you, you can think of it, at, and this is just so emblematic of everything that's happening <laughs> in the world right now, but we can view it as a problem with individuals, right? God, yeah, this is just a thousand percent my, <laughs> what I'm always talking about. And it's funny because we had a meeting at work about it just today about this incident and whatnot. But so thinking about it as a problem with individuals where the person has moral culpability, right? that it happened because she was a bad person, basically the nurse, right? That she fucked up, right? She made, you know, she, it was her fault, right? She did it. She is the one who did the thing and therefore she's the one who ought to bear the 
consequences, right? The, the consequences of her actions, the consequences of her negligence, right? <clears throat> so there's individuals, right, viewing it as a, as a sort of um, moral failing of the individual. And then there is a systemic approach, right, where it's to say that it's not necessarily a problem with individuals, these sorts of incidents that there's the individual versus the system, right? They're they're rather a way of viewing society as consisting entirely of individuals. And then to look at society as a set of systems that are not perfect, right? And that contain individuals that are not perfect. Humans are, are fallible creatures, right? We make mistakes, especially when we are overworked and understaffed we are prone to, you know, not being perfect, right? And our job is, uh, is very important. <laughs> when we fuck up, sometimes people die, you know? This is why we need good staffing. Um, God, I'm yelling a lot today, aren't I? <laughs> but Jesus Christ, guys. Uh, you know, it's, our job is important because when we fuck up, people die. You know, and yet now this precedent has been set where if somebody fucks up on the job, it's not a systemic failure, right? The hospital's not at fault, of course not, right? The American healthcare system is not at fault. The American labor system is not at fault. The American media is not at fault for you know causing this nightmare of you know the, the COVID nineteen denialism and. And yeah, the hostility towards healthcare workers, right? People are under a lot of pressure. People are stressed out. They're burnt out. You know, mistakes are going to get made. And we're going to give them felonies? <laughs> Why is it that a police officer can straight up murder somebody and just walk, right? Literally with a gun, just kill somebody who is face down on the ground. Or just I, like Philando Castile driving his girlfriend and like three-year-old home from the grocery store, you know, that that person can, can shoot somebody because they felt scared. Right. And society is just like, yeah, you know what? That's, that's legit. I totally would have done the same thing. And yet if a nurse accidentally administers a drug that frankly, the drug names are similar, right? Forget what they are. It's Versed and then another one. And when you make mistakes like this, people die, you know? when you don't catch yourself, when you can't be fully present because you are, I don't know, I don't know if she was, I'm, I'm, I'm going to work, play into a trope here, but, uh, you know, a single mom who's probably working on her BSN or Bachelor of Science in Nursing, you know, part-time on top of her full-time nursing career where she's recently been experiencing a lot of trauma at work, right? Due to a global pandemic that she was forced to work through the whole fucking time. And then now she's a felon. Now she's a criminal. Now she, how is she going to get a job again <laughs> after she gets out of prison? And yet a cop will, you know, they're protected, right? Why should a nurse be held to a morally perfect standard, right? When a cop is not. <laughs> and, and a cop is, is handed a gun. Why, and, and they're not held to a moral standard. We give them guns. And we, and we wonder why people are dying all the time at the hands of cops. And yeah, sometimes nurses kill people on accident, right? Sometimes cops kill people on accident. I'm willing to bet that a lot of times it's not on accident. 
They are trained to shoot. Oh my god. I'm I I need to calm down. <laughs> they are trained to shoot first, ask questions later. You know, they are trained to, you know, a dead man can't talk, you know. They are trained to shoot to kill. For a long time, that is how things have been. Literally. I mean, look it up. Because, yeah, uh, they they know that the police unions will protect them. <laughs> and, yeah, they have solidarity among each other. And that's something interesting, you know. <clears throat> Why can't we form that level of solidarity, right, among ourselves as, well, uh, you know, as healthcare workers, I suppose. Because we are heavily unionized. I mean, not as heavily as cops, of course. Uh, but, I don't know, it's it's... I don't know, God. Now I'm getting sucked into this idea of the of the unions and stuff. Um, uh, you know, it's like in the same way that you know, um, uh, that, you know, gun ownership is is criminalized for some people, and it's a universal right for others, right? Um, you know, like Flano Castile was murdered because he told the officer that he had a gun on him, and. That is his Second Amendment right <laughs> as an American, you know, and he he owned it legally, right? And he informed the officer, hey, you know, don't freak out. <laughs> I'm a registered gun owner. And yeah, I mean, where was the NRA when after he was murdered, right? Why, why didn't they speak out against this? Why didn't they speak in defense of, why didn't they have solidarity with Philando Castile, right? I wonder why.